Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health is the website, Inspiration.Health. Yes, he does telemedicine. Jesse, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing really good. Good to see you. You're looking great. Well, I, I appreciate that. We're going to get you a new camera. I had to adjust the color and everything. That camera, it's okay, but you're big time now. You're Dr. Jesse Lopez. I mention you to every big doctor I have on. You've got to you've got to be looking good. I, I guess so. I need to get a better camera, facial makeover or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want a facial makeover. <laughs> All right, let, let's get into what we're talking about here. I, I think you and I actually disagree on something. You think that the Chinese scientists are working on disease X. I don't think disease X exists. I think they're planning for a, a pandemic that doesn't that isn't happening, and they're just calling it disease X at the WEF. Maybe they end up being the same thing, but tell the people watching and listening how scary this thing is that China is working on. And then afterwards, I want to ask you, why are they doing this? But, but tell them, this is like 100% deadly, whatever this thing is. Absolutely. And this has been in the press. And I've been getting asked a lot of questions about this from my patients that are coming through the doors. And they make it very confusing on purpose. So we're going to try to straighten it out here. Just recently, a paper was published. It was around the uh, fourth or so of this month that some Chinese scientists basically created a mutant COVID strain. And this COVID strain was so toxic that it killed 100 percent of the humanized mice that they were studying in the lab primarily affecting their brain, but also their eyes. I got to stop you there. What is what does humanized mice mean? How do they make mice more human-like? So basically, they take receptors, sometimes genes that come from the human, and they actually put it in the mice so oh, it okay. has characteristics of a human. It's a great way even for them to sometimes study cancer. So if it affects these humanized mice in a certain way, it's a good bet it'll affect us that way. That's absolutely correct. And right, the reason apparently that they were doing this because they wanted to warn us of the potential of spillover of this virus from the pangolins, where unfortunately the poor pangolins get the bad rap of having all these viruses, into the human species. And it's just laughable because this stuff is going to come from a lab that gets leaked or released, not from pangolins, especially since it's something that they're creating. So they're creating it just in case it gets created in nature, it gets transferred from an animal into a human so that we can be ready. So they're playing with this lethal virus that could get released or exposed at any time. And the problem with these papers, and this is coming out of China, is they don't mention or talk about what type of biohazard safety lab they were in, what level of a safety lab that they were in, except just that they had created this particular virus. Jesse, after what just happened with COVID-19, why are people allowed to still do gain-of-function? For those who are watching and listening, this is gain-of-function research is what they're doing. They're taking a, a an existing disease and they're adding, the, they're, they're, they're making it gain the function of being more harmful to human beings, and then they can say, hey, we got to work on in case this happens. They're making it happen. So why are they still allowed to do this after what just happened with 19. Well, in China, they're allowed to pretty much do whatever their government tells them to do because they're controlled. Wow. But the problem is, is that, as you know, with the whole echo 
alliance fiasco, the NIH funds organizations that then funds that kind of research. Now, I'm not saying that that kind of connection is going on. But what we need are for those within our governmental bodies to put pressure upon China or any other country who's doing this lethal type of research and tell them to stop or else there will be repercussions. Of course, the Biden administration is so weak they couldn't beat their way out of a wet paper bag, so don't expect that to happen anytime soon. But I'm bringing it up so people will know and understand, because a lot of this is fear porn. I call it fear porn, because if you look of when this particular virus was supposed supposedly first created and or found uh, was back in 2017 um, in Malaysia. So apparently they, they found something similar in nature and then they cloned it in the lab and now they're reporting on it in this particular article. So why are you doing that right now? Right before some elections are coming up, thank you. What? There's an election coming up? Wait a second. So you're saying there's, there's a, an even deadlier strain of of coronavirus that's being worked on in a lab that they're getting the function of killing everything that that uh, acts like a human and and there's an election this year that's so weird to me that all that's going on uh, jesse do we have the ability as as the leader of the world to tell them stop it i mean uh, you, you've already mentioned it the nih was funding the research in the wuhan lab that ended up somehow and this is almost a definitive answer now somehow came out of the lab and affected millions and millions of people are we still funding these this research do we have any idea if we're funding the research that you're reporting on and i think the most important question is why do we know about this one we didn't know about COVID 19 before it was released why do we know about this now why are they telling us they didn't tell us anything before COVID was already out there well the nih is still asking for funding for this type of research although they say that the research will be basically performed in a different way. But the United States, as well as other countries around the globe, need to put a moratorium on gain-of-function research because it has never come to fruition where a virus that they study and change actually comes out of nature and adversely affects the populace. So it is dangerous. It has no medical um, reasonability whatsoever, and so it needs to be 100% stopped. But this goes way back, Joe. This is the this is the sinister part of it. Uh, back in March 17th of 2020, the Lancet, now the Lancet Journal of Infectious Disease, published an article that spoke about the World Health Organization basically warning and prioritizing about the epidemic potential for multiple viruses that are already out there, but also for viruses that don't even exist yet, and that there's not sufficient measures to deal with these. And one of them that they talked about, they labeled pathogen X back then. Now, what's interesting, the pathogen that they just released the study on from China is called the GXP2V SARS-CoV-2 variant. So I don't think that it's just basically coincidence that the X letter is in there in all of this. But what's also interesting to note is that they stated that there's insufficient medical countermeasures and ways of dealing with these horrible pandemics when they occur. And thankfully, in this article, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is going to come forward and help organize and bring together the greatest minds to be able to develop medical countermeasures like forced vaccines, wow. as well as international coordination and cooperation. In other words, forced quarantines, forced shutdowns, loss of national sovereignty when you sign the World 
Health Organization Treaty on Pandemics, which the Biden administration wants to do. So this is something that came out right before the coronavirus pandemic. But I don't think they were talking about the coronavirus pandemic. They were well, well, talking well, about something well, more sinister. Well, I got to ask you this, because we now know that the actual COVID-19 came out at the end of 19. That's why they're calling it COVID-19. It's for the year 19. Why were they talking about something three or four months later that isn't it when there was already a pandemic that was hitting us? It's almost like they were planning the next one while the first one started. Bingo. Joe Pags, you are a bright man. You know, it's, it's what I try to do. I try to get the bingo out of uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez. Dr. Jesse Lopez, go to uh, inspiration.health, inspiration.health, and uh, and go check out everything that he does. All of these studies are right there on the website, plus he does um, he does telemedicine as well. Um, I know that you were reporting or reading a report recently from our friend Dr. Peter McCullough, and Dr. McCullough is continuing to expose the the adverse effects of these shots. He's against them. You're against them. Malone, who allegedly came up with the with the mRNA technology, he's against them. Uh, Reach is against them. Urso, you go down the list. Everybody's against them. And every time he tries to expose the adverse effects, somebody tries to shut him down. What have you learned lately? I mean, you just told me something before we started that young people were dying within days of getting these shots. Fill me in. Yes, a new study just released by Dr. McCullough, and it was published in an esteemed journal called the European Society of Cardiology's Heart Failure, January 14, 2024, and we'll have this on our website for you all to be able to uh, take a look at and read. Basically, looked at autopsies from 28 deaths of individuals who had unfortunately passed away from myocarditis after they had received the COVID vaccine, and the COVID vaccine was the suspected cause. And it's interesting that in this study that Dr. McCall and his colleagues did, the average mean death age was 30, was, excuse me, was 44 years old. So young, young people. And the death in this study occurred within three to six days after receiving the COVID vaccine. Now it's important because there's going to be naysayers out there that say, Oh, this study's flawed. Oh, let's retract this study like they've done with every other decent study that has come out against the narrative is that this study was reviewed by three independent physicians, pathologists with cardiac pathology experience. So it's not just some fly-by-nighters who don't know anything about cardiac disease. And all 28 cases were found to have a high likelihood of being causally linked to the COVID-19 vaccine in accordance with these independent uh, uh, evaluators. Um, the autopsy showed significant inflammation and destruction of the cardiac tissue. And the problem is that it's not just numbers. We, we were deceived, we were misled, and the real proof is in the pudding where unfortunately in this study, two young boys ages 16 and 17 died just a few days after the mRNA injection while they were asleep at home. And their wow. autopsies and the studies um, basically show that this was a result of the COVID-19 vaccine, yet we're pushing shot after shot after shot without proper research. I'm clearly not an expert on anything medical. That's why I have you on and so many great experts on all the time. Uh, plus, plus we're friends, and I think that's cool too. But um, when it comes to somebody dying within days, that's not myocarditis. Is that from these blood clots? Because myocarditis is over time, is it not? Well, myocarditis can be instantaneous if there's really? a significant insult. As a trauma surgeon, I, can, I saw many cases where somebody would get hit with the steering wheel 
and they would come in and they would have inflammation of the heart almost immediately. And that's the same thing as myocarditis? Because I thought that this was something that uh, they were in the Nordic countries, and I got this from you. They were telling them, don't take the shots anymore because if you're 30 or younger and you're male, there are major adverse effects that could lead to myocarditis. I always felt like it was over time. It can be instantaneous? It can be very immediate, absolutely. The thing is, is that a lot of times it can actually happen and you don't know that it's happening. There was a great study done out of Thailand that showed that cardiac biomarkers were done and the individuals had myocarditis, but they had no symptoms. And these were young people that had it. And so somebody could actually have the myocarditis and not even know it. And that's why they then go play a football game or a soccer game and then suddenly they drop dead. And this study also talked about the tenfold increase that we've seen in sudden cardiac deaths. And I firmly believe this is one of the reasons why. It blows my mind because here we are post-pandemic, although some people in the central government want us to think the pandemic is still going on. And they're still not admitting everything that we know. You've got these, I mean, The Lancet, you've got journals that people have actually heard of. They're not some sort of fly-by-night. They're not something that was rarely ever read. There are major studies in Israel, in the U.K., here, that are now saying, here are the adverse effects. We know that the VAERS system actually was effective and was working. There's a reporting system that people were reporting adverse effects on their cell phones that we're just now hearing about. Why do you think, Jesse, the government doesn't just say, you know what? Dude, we got it wrong. Why don't they just say that? Because the FDA, the CDC, you're going to tell me about the FDA in a second, which blows my mind. Uh, The CDC, the NIH, all of these organizations are not yet admitting, man, we really screwed that up. Well, culpability, I think, number one, once you see that you're wrong and and you admit it, you're going to have to give account for it. And there's going to be the potential for sanctions or even fines or even imprisonment. And I think that they're probably afraid of that. But worst of all, and maybe this is getting into the conspiracy weeds, I think there are those that want this to occur, that they want to decrease our population by whatever means possible. Um, and there are a whole That's lot not of- a conspiracy, Jenny, not a conspiracy. People have said it. Look up Jane Goodall at the WEF. They just they gave her an award as she talked about how billions of people need to die. We have too many people. Right. So there's this elitist mindset that basically the resources that we're consuming as the average Joe Blow is too much, and so we need to go. And so that's why we have these different agencies not telling us the truth, not giving us timely information as physicians to be able to uh, protect and help our patients. We can't even give proper informed consent. Well, we got to get into that before I let you go. The FDA is literally saying informed consent is not the law anymore because that's not just uh, the law in America. That's the law internationally after World War II and after we know about the studies that Mengele and others were doing to people under, you know, Hitler's Germany. Uh, who, who gets to decide that you don't have to give me informed consent anymore? Yes, it's very frightening, and I'm glad you used that analogy because in the Federal Register, and we'll have the link on our website, the Federal Register just released a new rule on 12-21-23 that has gone into effect on 1-22-24 that basically declared that informed consent does not need to be provided to individuals who participate in clinical investigations where risk is considered minimal. Now, you know the narrative with the COVID-19 vaccine is that the risk is minimal, myocarditis is minimal, Guillain-Barre is minimal, and on and on and on. So, because what's available in the United States is still EUA, it is not the FDA-approved product that they get in Europe, they do not have to give 
any adverse effect profile to the patient voluntarily. The patient would have to ask. So this not only sets the precedent for the COVID-19 vaccines when you go into Walgreens or CVS, but for anything else that they come up with in the future. So if you get myocarditis or you have death as a result, you can say, well, I'm going to sue you, doctor at CVS, because you didn't give me any informed consent. Guess what? There's now a federal rule by the FDA that says they don't have to because it's consistent. And, and the, the, doctor can, the doctor can look at you and say, you didn't ask for it. You didn't ask for it. And really? I'm not required to give it to you. I'm not required I'm, to give I'm, I'm going to give you something that the, the government is all is suggesting that we all take this. Your employer is telling you you got to go and take this. Your city or state or county is saying you got to go take this. And I don't have to tell you what's in it unless you ask me. Really? Come on. Exactly. Nope. And that's why I encourage your listeners that if you have any kind of surgery procedure medicine and especially these COVID-19 or mRNA vaccines to ask for the risk profile, a complete profile, ask them about myocarditis, blood clots, Guillain-Barre, cancer, etc. Get the straight answer before you commit. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. As a surgeon, as a, as a doctor who sees people every single day, you do a great job. Do you, do you mind if I ask you some questions about the medicine? Do you mind if I ask you some questions about the procedure? I think people are sometimes afraid to question the doctor. I, I Number one, I encourage it. But number two, I volunteer it. I tell them I want them to know because I want them to know that they don't have to have it if they don't want to. Even though the risk of the procedure might be less than 1%, it's their free will choice to decide if they want it or not. And sometimes it's a cancer patient and they don't want it. And guess what? They get to choose if they do some alternative methods or they wait or they get a second opinion. And if they pass away because of their choice, guess what? It's their choice, not right. mine. But I give them all the information to be able to make that choice. And he's just that good. Go to inspiration.health. Inspiration.health, he does telemedicine. Also, all of these articles that he's talking about, all these studies are readily available on his website, inspiration.health. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Jesse, I appreciate you. Hey, great to see you, and thanks for having me on. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hi, great to have you. I appreciate you stopping by, Dr. Jesse Lopez. I'll post it up later on tonight on social media. And uh, great information, as always. He always gets it done right. Let's do some pop culture. Dirty pop. Yo, What's happening, Polo? So, you know, you were talking about the Alyssa Milano thing. and, and Yeah, raising money. What the heck is that? Okay, so it's not exactly the same thing, but it's kind of similar in a way. Okay. There's this Instagram model who's known for having, like, a ginormous butt. Okay. And she's petitioning all the airlines uh, to offer larger seats because she can't fit. For her butt. Yes. She, and she's not, like, Kidding overweight, me. even though she's calling herself, like, a big girl. But, yeah. So she wants an extra seat for her butt. Well, she wants a larger seat. She's not saying she wants an on, extra one. But, yeah. Come on, man. Come on. It's ridiculous. There you go. Appreciate that. Sam, thank you. Carrie, thanks. I'm Joe. We're back on Monday. Have an incredible weekend. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.